I was right for the third time in our relationship ever. <laughs> <laughs> yup. No, I, and like, and I'm not actually, I can tell you the first two times. You want to know what they were? Sure. It was, it was when you thought that hags weren't a mythical beast. You thought they were just like witches, witches. or old lit women. I'm like, no, yeah. they're like, they're like a beaked like creature that like, and I looked it up and I was right. And you also thought that there wasn't a poison that could kill you within like five to 10 seconds. <laughs> and I was totally right on both of those things. And that was in like the first year of our relationship. And I have not been right in the last three years. <laughs> <laughs> well, that second one, I was super thrilled to hear about. So, right. So you were, you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we should tell listeners what I was right about, which was the end of Insidious 4. I totally called it. We'll get to what I actually called, but like I totally called the end of this movie from yeah. the get-go, and you thought it was the exact opposite. I'm real proud of myself Well, for that. I was hoping for the exact opposite. Which is kind of like, it kind of illustrates like how, what we like in our horror movies, like what our predictions were. It was almost more like what we wanted more than what we actually thought. You know, yeah, yeah. I think we talked about this in our episode on the grudge. You really like things to have resolution, and I really do not. We talk about this almost every episode, just because, like, I mean, it's it's so consistent that either either it has one or it doesn't, and that's not true about any other genre. You know, like like if you go into an action movie, you know there's going to be a resolution. You go into any other kind of movie, you know there's going to be a resolution. I did really enjoy this one though. You hadn't seen this one before, and that's that's is that the first time we've done this on this podcast where you had yeah, seen the where movie? I haven't seen the movie. So what'd you yeah. think? I really liked it. I really enjoyed getting the chronology on everything because we knew that chapter three happened before cha- like chapter one or Insidious, and chapter two follows immediately after the original. So it was kind of nice to see something that happens before. And like you love origin stories. So this was like origin, origin story. I, I do love origin stories. I will say I don't think I needed this origin story. Getting the origin story of the team was enough. And I really wanted another Lambert house story this time. And I was a little, again, a little disappointed with that. Like, like, I don't know. It's like, but, but I will say this, every movie tied it back to the timeline. Like the third one ended with the demon interface. The fourth one ended with Dalton, with Dalton's grandma calling. And she already knew that that was like, so I liked that, like that, that like made it work for me because I don't know. I mean, like this is something I get frustrated when I watch Star Wars is like I'm constantly jumping around the timeline. Like sometimes I'm watching Rebels. Sometimes I'm watching Resistance. Sometimes I'm watching one of the movies. And it's like half the time I or like the Mandalorian and half the time I have to go like, okay, wait. So this happened after the Clone War, but before the you know what I mean? And it's like and it's it's like so it gets confusing to me. So sometimes like it's nice to kind of have that like reminder at the end of the movie. So that kind of made me like like having the origin story better that they connected it at the end. Yeah, I know. I understand that. I don't know. I. I really liked this. Sometimes when I go into horror movies I haven't seen before, I'm just like, okay, because horror movies can go south real fast and not in a good way. Well, that's why they don't get big budgets. Right, exactly. (laughs) But I did really enjoy this, and I was delighted to see that Insidious Chapter 5 has tentative release in 2022. Finally, something worth aging for the thing about podcasts is you talk about your first like 10 episodes a lot because it's so formative for your podcast you know yeah and 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 it's like so like just inherently the fact that we're doing this inside of our first 10 the fact that like four out of 10 of our first 10 episodes are gonna be insidious we're gonna be talking about insidious for the rest of our podcast so when that movie comes out like hopefully we'll have a following by then maybe we won't (laughs) maybe we'll be we won't even be doing this anymore but like hopefully we will hopefully we'll have a following and hopefully they're just like what are they gonna say about it 
That's what I want. That's like my, that's like one of my like. That's the ideal. Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, my ideal is that by the time Insidious Chapter 5 comes out, we are such great dancers. Oh, God. (laughs) I want to talk about our date like now. (laughs) Yeah, no, let's let's talk about that because I have so much to say about this movie. And as, as usual, I just, yeah, no, absolutely. So tonight, the date I planned was... Um, it was so good. <laughs> we should address something first, though. <laughs> we, we, we realized that we've gotten like six episodes into this, and we haven't discussed the fact that like we are recording this between October and December of 2020. So we're not doing jack shit. Right, because we are doing the right thing. We are wearing masks when and if we go out. We are seeing a limited number of people that aren't seeing other people besides us. And that's pretty much it. So we're not going to restaurants. We're not going to bars. We're not doing things that you can normally go on dates for. And that's why all of our dates have been in our house. And we realized that we never addressed that. And, and, you know, years from now, that's going to seem weird, you know, or even like six months from now, that's going to seem weird that we keep saying we're on a date. So we do want to address, like, we will eventually go on dates. There might be a time where we share past dates, you know, things like that. But for right now, this is what we're doing. We're just giving people examples of dates they can do inside. Right. And mostly they've involved food. So I was so excited that this one involved exercise. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Emily has, I mean, Emily's a dancer. She, she, uh, dance, she's a dance instructor. She, uh, she dances for fun. Do you want to share the type of dancing you do or is that? I some... do pole fitness. Okay. Okay. I yeah. Do pole dancing. I, I'm I, not, I'm not as, um, graceful as some of the girls that you'll see in clubs, but I do. All right. Whatever. I mean like, um, you know, and like, and something I always, I always say is that there's a difference between a pole dancer and a stripper. You know? eh, nah, we come from the same place. I'm giving you the weirdest look right now because this is the things that I've said to my coworkers and my friends for years. You say whatever you want to say. Pole dancers and strippers are closely related. Oh, and, they're closely related. And to say that you're one over the other is a hierarchy that I'm not comfortable with. Eh, fair enough. I love my stripper sisters. I don't have that kind of fortitude and I don't have that kind of hustle. I admire you so much. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, we have, we a, have a guest in guest. the studio. Every time. Say hello. Do it. You do it for dad. Wow, this is your daughter. You take her. (laughs) 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 All right, I got to get her out of here. Oh, every time with the cats. And you notice it's never perfect Esper. It's always Astrid, the cat that Evan raised. She's such a troublemaker. <laughs> I wonder where the hell she gets it from. Me. Yeah, you. She gets it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Been a troublemaker all my life. No doubt about that. Don't I fucking know it? <laughs> Anyways, our date. So. For a long time, Emily has wanted me to take dance lessons with her, and I have resisted it to no end because I have no coordination. I like, but vaguely- actually, to an end, that end was tonight. Oh my god! I learned the Charleston once for a play, and I was easily the worst dancer uh, on the stage. Like by by, I don't know. I, I guess you don't say the head and shoulders for the worst. So like feet and ankles. <laughs> <laughs> and and like and it's just something that I don't 
I don't know. It's just not something that like interests me. It's not something that I'm, I feel confident doing. And, and Emily has really been feeling the inside dates in a bad way, you know, like, yeah, I am not having fun. Well, okay. Come well, on. I'm having fun, <laughs> but overall this sucks. And anyone else who has stayed as locked down as we have will agree. This sucks. It does. So as a special treat tonight, me and Emily spent about an hour going through the very, very, very beginner steps to the rumba. We learned a box step. We did. And I was okay at it. You were. You were more than okay. Well, the listeners can decide when they see my embarrassing five seconds of video. Oh, they've already seen it. I used it as the promo material for this episode. <laughs> but seriously, it was so much fun. And the fact that you picked something that we could put almost any music to, that was really, I think that like really put the icing on it for me. Because well, because the goal, the goal is to have a dance at our wedding, which yeah. we don't know when that's going to be. So I might have enough time to actually learn swing dancing, which is what I want to do at our wedding. That's what my parents grew. That's what I grew up watching my parents do. So I kind of looked into it and, and swing dancing looked a little hard to try on like my first go. And rumba was like, you could dance this to anything. And I was like, cool. Cause then if you, know, we lose, learn the basics, we could do it at a party you know, maybe sometime next year when parties happen again. And then I wouldn't feel so embarrassed doing it in public when like everybody's watching us at our wedding. No promises. <laughs> no. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. You're not looking at me. No promises. Okay, listeners, <laughs> you heard him promise. <laughs> that <we're... laughs> but so, so we got to dance, which was really fun. And we also got... <laughs> I think a very accurate view of our relationship. And uh, Lyra, if you could play this audio for us right now. No, I can't play what doesn't exist. We got a very clear view of how our relationship really goes because you'll have an idea and all of a sudden, shoom. <laughs> and I just kind of follow along. I'm leading. <laughs> um, but it, it was a lot of fun and I was really happy. Honestly, I was really happy. This is probably one of the most thoughtful dates. Like you've put more detail and more effort into dates before. And I can't wait to share some of those in future episodes. But I we think might just share them just in the sake of like not having always have inside dates. We might just like share a past date that I did. Yeah. Back when you could go out. Um, but I would say that this is the most thoughtful because I've wanted to do this with you for so long. So I had a lot, a lot of fun. And I thank you for that. And then you made these amazing barbecue pork nachos, which I am. This is the most full I've been in a long time. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I really like to do is like uh, is like weird nachos, like like nachos that maybe aren't like super like like Mexican oriented or or latino oriented or whatever or spanish whatever and then um tex-mex kind of no i mean like, I, I like to steer as far away like i like you know like as far away from that as possibly i can and so what i did today is what are you doing i have a food baby oh my god <laughs> so what i what i did today is um i did a recipe that i haven't done in a long time which is i just fried up some uh like ground up pork sausage and um added barbecue sauce and red onions and then i put black beans and that sausage mix along with some raw onions and then sharp and mild cheddar cheese and mozzarella cheese on top of them and melted it and they were fucking bomb 
<laughs> and we had uh we had um margaritas to go with it and um, we're just gonna be honest we just bought the like pre-mixed jose cuervo golden margarita which is nuts to me because you have very strong opinions on jose cuervo oh you've misunderstood my opinion though my opinion is that jose cuervo is way better than what people think it is Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is not the impression that I've gotten from you at all. That's because for the last two years, I worked at a liquor store and I was trying higher end tequila. Oh, but but no. So when I when I was in Mexico, me and my brother took an ATV trip and like we had two stops and one was just kind of like this little like pavilion where you could walk around for a little bit. The next one we drove like I mean, we had to drive like 20 minutes into the woods and there was like a restaurant just like in the middle of the woods. And like, I don't know if this is a common thing. Like someone can tell me this is like a normal thing in Mexico or if it's like a, honestly, they could have tricked us. They could have driven us 20, 10 minutes in then 10 minutes back out. And then, you know what I mean? And I just like, remember I don't know, but like it, it felt like we were in the middle of the woods at this restaurant and um, they did tequila tasting and they had limes and salt out. And I, and I, and I, and I just got to like asking them about it. And like, we, we tried a bunch of tequilas and, and like for, and I learned two things, which is one, the lime and salt is not a training wheels thing. It's it's very much how you are supposed to enjoy tequila. Now, the preference is a real thing. Some people prefer their tequila straight. That's not like there. There are Mexican people who prefer their tequila straight. That is a very real thing. Lime and salt complements tequila. It's not about it like removing the negative effects of it or anything like that. It's just something you're supposed to do. And also, Jose Cuervo is not a disrespected brand of tequila in Mexico. You know what it is? Patron. They hate Patron. If you order Patron at a bar in Mexico, they will laugh you out of that bar. Hmm. I saw it happen. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't know. The last time I was in Mexico, I was but a lass of 12. (laughs) That's unfortunate. No, I am telling me I am down for a premix drink from time to time. Buying drinks can get really expensive to make to make a good margarita. You have to buy a bottle of tequila. You have to buy a bottle of triple sec. You got to buy, you know, limes, lemons, you know, or margarita mix if that's how you want to go. And it, it can get expensive. You know, this bottle costs us sixteen dollars. Right. And like I am I am a. I'm good. Like I'm happy, you know? And like, and like nachos were low key. I didn't want to have like this super complicated drink that I had to make. So we just kept it low key tonight and we bought pre-mixed margaritas and we made nachos. Yeah, it was great. It was great. I'm having a margarita right now and I'm so happy about it. (laughs) We both are. I love tequila. Tequila is the booze that makes me convinced that like different alcohols get you different drunk because I am always such a happy drunk when I'm on tequila when I'm drinking tequila. That's how I feel about gin. Gin, gin, But your friend Nick will like insist that that's not a real thing. I guess. I mean, yeah. I don't know. A lot of people will. My argument is like, is like if I eat agave straight and I eat barley straight or sugarcane straight, please don't, you know, I'm going to feel different. Yeah. All those things make boozes. Why wouldn't the boozes make you feel different? I mean, I'm not saying completely different. They still get you drunk, but like there's just going to be a subtle difference to it. I mean, that could be total bullshit and maybe the science behind it is not that case at all. And I mean, it could be very placebo because like, Maybe I can choose not to be angry when I drink whiskey. I just often don't don't. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I mean, mean, it could vary. It could really literally be like, I'm a happy drunk because I love the taste of tequila. But like, how is that it not affecting me differently? That's still it affecting me differently. It's just not like a chemical thing. It's just a, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I just, I think that still makes what I'm saying, like, correct in some ways. Do you ever think about the people who go to the electric chair? I mean, we don't really use electric chairs anymore. Okay, but that was a segue to the movie. I know. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's it. We're sending Evan to the electric chair. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that's pretty like a kind of a cruel and unusual punishment if you really think about it. Yeah, I know it really is. Yeah. Speaking of cruel and unusual punishment, the freaking child abuse in this movie. Yeah, it's bad. It's yeah. like that it needed a fucking trigger warning. Yeah, it definitely did. If you're someone who experienced like, okay, trigger warning here, tri- child abuse. Yeah. If you experienced being beaten or you experienced something similar to what I experienced as a child, you do not want to watch at least the beginning scenes of this movie. I would say either you really do or you really don't. There are some people that need that exposure that need yeah. to see that in a different context to get over it. You know what I mean? It's like you, you can't really tell someone they shouldn't watch it. You know, you kind of have to. It's like that's what a trigger warning is. As yeah. you say, like you say, it's going to be there. Is that something you can handle? Right. And some people are like, no, I need this exposure. I have to do this. And some right. people are like, nope, turn off. You know what I mean? But it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. And luckily, I didn't need a trigger warning because one of the things that happens to young Elise is she gets locked in a dark room. And that is something that my mom used to do to me whenever she was angry with me. She locked you in your bedroom, though, right? Yeah. She sometimes she would take out the light bulbs. Sometimes she would. I swear she would wait outside my door for me to switch my light back on and she would reach her hand and switch it back off. She would just keep me like enclosed in a dark you room. say you swear do you question that memory or is that like i mean because i just don't just remember so i just don't remember how she kept it dark mm. i just don't remember gotcha. but it was always dark and there is nothing i could do about it which is why like as an adult you're afraid of the dark i'm fucking terrified of the dark mm-hmm. i can't sleep alone in a dark room i have nope. to have a tv on or a nightlight or something mm-hmm. i've bought you nightlight light bulbs as a christmas present before because you don't take care of yourself and you forget to buy yourself <laughs> light bulbs and you freak yourself out when you're not sleeping with me. Right. Right. <laughs> I have to like fall asleep watching Frasier. <laughs> oh my God. Can we talk about how hard you fall asleep to Frasier so much to the point that Sideshow Bob. Yeah. Sideshow yeah. Bob on the Simpsons. <laughs> Boom. I was knocked out. <laughs> Emily will fall asleep to Frasier within seconds. And it turns out that it's literally just Kelsey Grammer's voice because that's what Grammer, happened with you dirty Bob. Republican dog. Is he really? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's gross. I know. You think he voted for Trump? Let's not go there. Absolutely. He cried like the big snobby baby he is about how supporting Trump made people feel like they, and I quote, have a target on your back. Wah wah. I'm a rich white guy, and I can't use my Juilliard education to justify my xenophobia. Okay. I don't need more trauma associated with how I sleep. Oh, God. I know. Oh, God. Back to Insidious. What about David Hyde Pierce? Oh, I'm sure he's grand. No worries, brah. David Hyde Pierce is aight. Okay. Niles wouldn't do that to no, me. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He would never Let's not Google me. it, though. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Insidious. I love that. Um, oh, shoot. I wrote his name down, but I, I uh, kind of scrawled it. So I think it's Kirk. Acevedo 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 I love that he was in this one of the coolest things I think about his acting career is that he was in prison break he was the brother that got put away so that way the main brother could break him out and then and then like the DC Legends show just hired them both to be a different set of brothers (laughs) and I thought that was the funniest fucking thing ever (laughs) that is pretty funny I love it when stuff like that happens right (laughs) Speaking of, but he was really good in it. Speaking of like 
connections that we made in this movie that we weren't expecting. Lee Winnell, Specs, directed and wrote this movie. It was based on his characters. Which, if you listen to AOC at all, you already know how much I fucking hate that. I mentioned it like twice already in AOC, how much I hate it when actors are in their own movies. I truly don't know how I didn't realize that James Wan and Lee Whannell were really good friends and that Lee Whannell was Specs. Because I know, like, I know the names of of Specs and Tucker, Lee Whannell and uh, Angus Smith. Mm-hmm. Um but it just it just did not connect for me until this movie and i think it's i think lee winnell first directed chapter three and i i just picked up that it wasn't james wan i didn't connect that it was specs who directed it but so here's the thing i have mixed feelings about this a because specs gets like these two big movie moments first he crushes kirk acevedo's head which was awesome. This is why I hate, this is exactly why I hate director actor combos. And he got to kiss Imogen at the end. Which means that poor oh. actress literally, literally had to kiss him because he said so. Yes. She was yes. literally his boss yes. and he said, kiss yes. me. And she yes. had to. However, that is fucked up. Yes. However, yes. if you would watch these movies chronologically, you would just see a steady decline in specs. However, what do you I, mean? So, so he kisses the girl in this movie, but like never again. He's the comic relief. However, Tucker is established in this movie as the competent one, which sets him up to be the stronger of the two for the rest of the series. Yeah. Like he never gets a high point, but he doesn't need one because he's like the he's slow consistent. and steady. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Elise says that she trusts him more. And oh, but. He said, "Don't play patronize me," and that was valid. She was. She was paying lip service. But then there was. But then there was another moment. Um, Oh, he's able to hypnotize Imogen when Specs can't. Like Tucker is the one who knows what he's doing for real. No, that's true. Even though, even though they tried to make it seem like he didn't really at the beginning with the lights. And I think that that's more important than those two big cinematic moments for Specs. I think I think maybe Lee was just given his character something to do. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I get what you are saying. That's not my point. Okay. My my point is is especially with the girl at the end. Nobody in the room could argue with that moment. The actor wanted to do that thing, and then he was also in charge of the whole freaking room. So like, what are they going to do? Like, no, you shouldn't do that. It was like, it was like when I was in a, when I was in a, um, a one act play in high school, right. I was supposed to like kiss the girl. Right. And I wanted to, cause I was a fucking 15 year old kid and the girl, she was cute. Right. I wanted to kiss her and the director decided it wasn't necessary. Pretty sure it was because it was a one act play for, it was like, so it was like student directed. I don't think he just didn't want to direct two other students kissing. You know what I mean? Which I understood. And, but like, I let it go. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to kiss the girl, but I let it go because I wasn't the director. And you're not a creep. Right. But like, but like how weird, like, like I, I can't lie that if I had been the director, yes. my desire to kiss the girl yes. wouldn't, would have yes. played into that decision. Yes. It just would have. Yes. Like, I just know that about yes. myself. You know what I mean? Yes. And it's yeah. like, I yes. can't look at that and yes. think that he, yes. I don't know. That's just weird. It's weird yes. to me that he yes. like had total control yes. of that room and he made one yes. of the females in the room kiss yes. him. That freaks me out. Yes. Okay. Yes. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yes. Um, I do love Tucker's line. She's psychic or sidekick. Yeah, that's great. Like that was so good. It didn't land so hot with the girls. But, but that was almost better. Like it's <laughs> it like was. it was better than he said it twice. Like <laughs> <laughs> But see, I I almost like the implication that like maybe Tucker and what was the other girl's name? 
Melissa. Melissa. Yeah, I, I kind of like the implication. That, like maybe something would be there. Like she was kind of into like his weirdness. Yeah. And she thought it was funny when he ate the Jello. Right. You know, <laughs> like you know, like like Which, she. What did it, what was he eating this this movie? Because we've had cupcakes, we've had hot pockets. Okay, so he. I'm so happy with the choice in this movie because as we've as we've had in this series, I've been like frustrated and like irritated with the things that he's eating. Here's the thing. They had that huge ass van. There was definitely a freezer on that van to keep his ice cream sandwich <laughs> that he was eating. And it wouldn't even have been that hard. Like it wasn't this big deal where you needed like a microwave or like all it's like or like again, like the cupcake. It was like he would have had to carry it so carefully. Like I'm sure he grabbed that ice cream sandwich out of the fridge slung it in his pocket walked out there was like just like this casual thing it wasn't this whole thought out process like that was what was bugging me before the ice cream sandwich is the perfect tucker at the door food (laughs) (laughs) and that's that (laughs) so i've got a question about elise Mm -hmm. how the fuck does she ever sleep I oh feel yeah for real she's having nightmares so often like how could you even live with a nightmare notebook like people keep dream journals and that's real cute, but nightmare notebook. Fuck that. I, okay. So something, this is something that like kind of frustrates me when people it's like, it's like, you were, I mean, you know, the show 24, right? And it's like, it's like every second of that 24 hour day is like chronological, chrono, uh, chronological, no, not chronological. No. Like it's uh recorded. Oh, you know what I mean? It's like you, you, you see Jack for every minute of that 24. Like, no, you fucking don't. You oftentimes see the terrorists. You oftentimes see this. So we're like, when do you go to the bathroom? Like when he's not on screen because nobody gives a shit about Jack Bauer taking a shit. I do. That's why I stopped watching after episode one. You know what um, I mean? And, and so, and disagree. So, Someone out there really does. Me. Well, no, they, well, we know that me. because people talk about it me. all the time. Me. So here's my thing. She flips through that journal. Not everything was scary. But the I, thing is, the thing is, the only thing that we see the movies are on are the scary shit because that's what we care about. I remember it all looking pretty scary. Everything looked intense, but there were pages where it was just written. Like there were pages where it was just like uh, narrative can be just as scary. Read any gothic fiction, please. I think it's unrealistic for you to think that, or for anyone to think. But every time she has a dream, she writes in that journal. It's some horrific terror that she has to go to. And they just picked these four random ones to be in the movies. That doesn't make sense. These are the top ones. These are the scariest ones. Everything else is less than this. Well, I hope in chapter five, she flips back to an old nightmare that she has just to prove you wrong. I think it's unlikely we'll have that actress in the movie because we are. I actually think it's unlikely we'll get any of the actors in the movie because we're totally getting to that era where it's like, how are these younger than the first movie? Like yeah. it was like it was like like Specs finally it, like one of like, Specs and Tucker have both aged. Tucker not so much. The the thing the thing that gets me is the age thickening. Mm. It's like we're all of a sudden it's like especially in males we just get thicker. Like it's we don't get we don't get fatter we don't get like bigger we just we just literally thicken. Mm-hmm. It's something that my my theater teacher pointed out with David Boreanaz in Angel, mm-hmm. where it's like when you see him in that first episode he's like a skinny like twangy little like teenager almost and then by like the first episode of angel he's like a man and like that three years he just thickened that yeah. was it he just he's like got it was like the same thing with todd in breaking bad or with the oh, with the movie yeah. he was just he wasn't fat he was just thick damn boy he's thick boy that's a thick ass boy damn
Yeah. You know, he just like had more mass to him. You know, yeah. it's just like, that's kind of like what happens. To, I, I don't know if it's the testosterone or maybe it's just like, maybe it's just like the societal pressures on women, like make it so they like diet and exercise so much so that he doesn't happen as often. I don't know what it is, but like, it seems like men get thicker in that way. And that's, that to me is the big tell is like, it, and it's like, I just can't, it's hard for me to get past that. And like, I can't imagine seeing specs four or five more years after this movie <laughs> unless unless it's a sequel to the second one yeah which i which i would be down for it's what i've been encouraging this whole time i've been frustrated right. they don't get rose byer in these movies i wonder if she would even do it at this point oh she would mm, she's okay. like she's like a b-level actress she would she would do it i hope she doesn't hear you say that i mean oh i mean that's God. not even an insult I, I would kill to be a b-level actor are you kidding like, <laughs> <laughs> that's not even Insult. But it's I mean like like seriously, what has she done? Like neighbors and like, like a couple other like serious movies. But like, neighbors is an American classic. I mean agreed, but like <laughs> but all, all I'm saying all I'm saying is it's not like she has this like permanent career that's never gonna die. Sure. If her old franchise calls her up, she's gonna be like, Yup, when you want me. You know what I mean? Like like you don't you don't say no to a job like that. You just don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um something else significant that happened tonight beyond the thickening of specs is we changed our song. <laughs> we did change our song. So for the last four years, our song has been Trouble by Halsey. And now Why though? Why was that? I can't even remember. Oh, that's sad. I know. Because I remember. Oh God. It was something really nice that I did for you and you forgot. Oh, great. Now, <laughs> now I'm a shithead. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't exactly that. I can't remember what I did, but I I, I did something to upset you. And it was like, it was like right after we moved in together, I think I like invaded your privacy in some way that you didn't expect having like live living with each other. Uh-huh. And so you came home that night and I had a, a heart shaped outline of candles with like, I think chocolate and wine in the middle of it and like an apology oh, letter. Yeah. And then, and then I said, and then at the end of the letter, it said to come meet me in the bedroom. I and when remember. you came in there, I was dressed. I was in, I was in like a button up that was unbuttoned and like in like underwear that you really liked. And we danced to that song. Oh yeah. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and you forgave the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah. And now our song has to do with gossip girl. <laughs> and now our song is what you say by Jason Derulo. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's a rapper you can still like respect. At least her song is in by like Drake. <laughs> <laughs> now he's upset. <laughs> but yeah, because we really love that Thanksgiving scene in Gossip Girl when all the drama happens and Eric. <laughs> Your sweet potatoes are bland. <laughs> But anyway, while while Evan was cooking tonight, um, that song came on our Spotify, and as soon as I heard that opening, she skipped it. I did. Well, I did. I skipped the song, <laughs> but as soon as I heard that opening, mm, what you say? I just looked at him and said, "Your sweet potatoes are bland." Which, speaking of that original song, that's by a woman named Imogen Heap. Yes, which is like the only other time I ever heard that name is in this movie. Oh, also there's an Imogen on Degrassi, and she's like the weird alternative girl because that's totally a Degrassi move. But cool, anyway. that's information that I needed. Anyway. Uh, yeah, because I'll circle it back because Aubrey Graham was also on Degrassi Who's that? and Drake, and our song is not by Drake. So fuck you, it all connects. 
it connects by it not being Drake. That is yeah, well, you sense. said Jason Derulo is a rapper we could like respect, not like Drake. So I circled it back to our conversation. Screw you, man. It works. <laughs> <laughs> I have three words for you. Guacamole demon hands. You're still on you this, huh? You mad. You You're are so mad. Yes, I am. I underlined guacamole demon hands in my notebook so hard that I ripped the page. It's a straight line. It's not even... <laughs> it's not even like I shredded the page. I just... <laughs> underlining it. I should have left the guacamole on my notes more so you could have seen the stains for the our hand. patrons. <laughs> so we're, we're eating dinner. We're watching this movie. And... Evan looks at his notebook and there is a guacamole hand streak. And he's like, Emily, first of all, there's no fucking guacamole on my hands. He's insisting that he saw me eat a chip with guacamole on it. She did. I didn't. <laughs> I gave up on the guacamole like five chips in because my black beans kept falling in it and it was annoying. That's funny because there were no black beans in the guacamole. Because I fished them out because I'm not an animal. <laughs> Evan didn't have guacamole on his hands. If we were live, if we were, if we were live, this is what I would say to have people call in to see how mad they think I could get you. <laughs> <laughs> Real mad. Big mad. Guacamole demon mad. <laughs> so you think that was the next the instance next of our demon in, in the yes. house? Was the demon was the guacamole on my pages? Yes. <sighs> Listen to me. <laughs> There's a demon. <laughs> and not the demon with the keys in his hands, like in Insidious. This is like a real demon who's just fucking our ship. I actually think it's a poltergeist, but whatever. Or like a specter or something. No, a poltergeist. But I'm, I mean, did, that's I, where I've landed. Okay. No, it's a poltergeist. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. I want to talk about, I want to talk about how I got so mad in the movie. When Elise was like, I have to do this alone. And I wrote in my notes in big letters, no Tucker and Specs, why am I watching? And oh then two God. seconds later, Tucker pulls up with the van and is like, we have to come. <laughs> and I literally wrote, oh, thank, thank God. God, in my notes. <laughs> yeah, because an insidious movie without Tucker and Specs just isn't right. I honestly, honestly, if I had to pick between Elise and Tucker and Specs... I would take Say that. it, motherfucker. I would take Tucker and oh my god. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, honestly, honestly, like there's like like the thing is, is like um the other person you could tell the aging, and I and I feel and I do feel bad saying this because like I mean, like, you know, the like the the thickening we were talking about before is not something that's like silent down upon, but like you could tell Elise at age too. Like she kind of got that like uh that like pit that you get in your throat as you get like into that like upper elderly age. And it was, it was, it was noticeable. And like, I I'm concerned about the fifth one in for both of them. And, and really, I mean, at that point, all of them, you know, I, I really, I really hope it's, it's a sequel to the second one. I think that that'd be the best way for them to go. Oh my God. We have to talk about like Elise's superpower where she fucking showed her dad how he was going to die. Oh yeah. That was, and then, and then they just never addressed Talked it, about it again. ever again. Like, yeah. Holy shit. What a superpower. Man, like forget like like vanquishing ghosts. Go to houses of abusers and just be like, "Fah, this is how you die." Right. Like <laughs> right. Or or these motherfuckers who feel the need to abduct women and 
chain them up in their basement. Like, well, that was because they were influenced by yeah, a ghost, by the though. demon, yeah. but still. But I'm just, I mean, I'm saying that that's, that's going back to her old work. I'm saying do like work in the real world, which is kind of the whole point of this movie, which is that like, not everything scary is a ghost. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah. it was like, we saw twice where we thought uh, like a freaky woman in the corner of something was a ghost. And all of a sudden, like it wasn't right. That was, that was wild. Yeah. That was, that was a twist. I didn't, I didn't even see it coming either. Like, no, I didn't. I didn't. When Tucker was like, that's not a ghost. I was like, right. Oh my fuck. Like I, I saw it coming with the, like when the, when we cut back to the laundry room scene, Instantly, I was like, oh, that other woman also isn't a ghost. But I didn't see it coming the first time we saw the laundry room scene. Not at all. Like, I was like, oh, my God, that was such a good twist. And I love a good twist. I'm just thinking about. I'm like having like a physical reaction right now, which is why I really love horror movies. But also this is kind of like I'm kind of panicking. I'm just like remembering her dad looking in the laundry room and Anna hiding and he acts like she's not there. But then after Elise runs away, he comes back and she's still hiding and he knows that she's there. And that's just like really fucking me up right now because then he just bashes her head in. Mm -hmm. She gets him back though. Or she gets she like like they together. Like yeah. the girl, like because like they were really both victims. Yeah. Hey, 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 look at me. Don't freak yourself out. Don't close I know. your eyes. Look at me. It was just so. Ultimately, both people in that laundry room were a victim. Like that. Like that. That's how it was. You know what I mean? That. That's why the dad's dying thing was to get stabbed by the key demon and say I'm sorry. It was because I imagine that he'd been under the control of that demon for so long that like he'd found like the. Like like the the Midsummer Night's Dream, like the hole in the wall, you know what I mean? That one like fracture in the wall that he was able to like peel apart and then get that one moment of freedom. Yeah, and that's what killed him. And like, I like that. You know what I mean? I do like I do like that. I don't I don't like the idea of like giving excuses to abusers, which is kind of what that came off right. as is a little bit. But I do like that as a story. I do. Yeah, you know, fair enough. I like redemption arcs. I always have. Yeah. Are you okay? I lost you. Yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. But let's talk about the best unboxing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? So Elise finds the suitcase with Anna, with Anna's personal effects and her skull in it. And then she looks down and there are even more suitcases full of more remains. And one of them has a demon in it. <laughs> so do you do you think that Every suitcase was a victim of her dad's. That's kind of what it implied. So I think it implied that as well, because I would imagine that somebody else like 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 uh, Kirk Acevedo, uh, Ted Garza in the movie. Yep, Ted Garza. He probably had his first victim. He probably would have hid the bodies in a different way. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think I don't think the ghost was telling him hide the artifacts in the fan vent. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't think that was part of it. I think that was like, that was part of his personality that was shining through like the possession or the control of whatever he was experiencing. So I do think every single one of those women were a victim of her father. Yeah. Of Gerald. You know? Yeah. 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 I would agree. I don't know. I told, I told you these insidious movies. I, I, really I think we should probably out. end this in this episode, maybe without even our sign off, because I think you're, you're struggling a little bit with this. Right. No, I really do you want to talk about that or I mean, do you just kind of want to let let it end? I mean, I just think that this time around, I'm going to be the one that sleeps with when I open. Eerily Ever After was brought to you by Sumtree Productions. 
a podcast collective founded on the philosophical concept of emergence. Please feel free to check out our other podcasts, Boobies, Bits and Booty, Antiquity of Comics, and The Beat Plus the Melody. To find out how you can join the forest, please check out SomeTreeProductions.com. Steal into our crypt by liking Eerily Ever After on Facebook, following us on Instagram at Eerily Ever After, and following us on Twitter at EEA Podcast. It's getting a little spooky in here.